Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is Em, and I want to talk about books and cats. Hey, book lovers. So I am super excited because I just got this month's book of the month delivery. One of the best perks is that I get a free book for my birthday month. So needless to say, my to-read shelf is getting very full, and I have fallen a bit behind on reading. I've been doing more voiceover work for other people, and I'm just kind of readjusting my schedule still. None of that is a good excuse, but it is what it is. Sometimes you just don't have time to read. If you do have time to read and are looking for something great, check out my top six of 2021. It's on my Instagram, books.cats.pod. I am giving them away to whoever asks for them first, and one of them is already gone. But I still have The Lost Apothecary, The Maidens, The Heart Principle, A History of Wild Places, and Rock, Paper, Scissors. They're so good, they need to be read. I'm probably not going to reread them, if I'm being honest. So send me a DM on either Instagram or TikTok and tell me which book you want to claim. Or if you want a surprise book for this month only, I am doing a mystery book. So if you send me your address, I will pick a book from last year's reads and send it to you. Unfortunately, this is limited to the United States and Canada. Um... I just can't afford shipping. It's expensive. (laughs) Anyway, so if you want a free book, it's my birthday month, and I want to give you all some gifts. Anyway, I have to admit that I do not have a book to discuss this week. Um, I just started one of my new ones, which is starting out really good, but I just haven't had time. I've also been working on a new short story, and when the writing muse hits, you go with it. No questions. So I've been focusing a lot on my writing this week. I'm pretty sure I'll end up sharing this story with you guys at some point, because so far I really like it. One last book-related thing for this episode. I saw this on TikTok, and it was a video from at Stevie and John, where she created miniature books of every book that she had read in 2021, so that she could put them in a jar and visualize her accomplishment. And I love this so much. Art and books is a great combination, and anything miniature. They were so cute. And it looked really cool when they were all in the jar. It was just so impressive. I love stuff like that. It would never even, like, cross my mind to do something like that, but that is just so cool and not something that I knew I needed to see, but I definitely did. (laughs) Anyway, so it has been a while since I talked about anything cat-related, and this seemed like the perfect chance. Once again, Karen Kilgariff from the My Favorite Murder podcast has come to the rescue. She made another recommendation for a movie, and I knew as soon as I heard about it that I needed to watch it and talk about it on here. So today I'm going to talk about The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. So this movie was incredible. 
I think it's an Amazon original. I found it on Prime. And it stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Claire Foy, and Toby Jones. Amazing. So it's based on a true story. Louis Wayne was an artist in the late 1800s in England. His parents died tragically and left him in charge of his six spinster sisters. And he's already a very odd man. He talks about seeing the electricity of the world, kind of the connectedness of all things. And he just isn't... This takes place in London, and he's just not following all of their rules. Despite his weirdness, a newspaper editor, who is played by Toby Jones takes pity on him, and gives him a job illustrating the paper. So around this time, the sisters insist on taking in a governess tutor for the younger sisters. Louis is very resistant at first until he meets her. She's a weirdo, too. (laughs) They both share a complete disinterest in what society thinks of them, and they end up getting married against his sister's wishes and against what society would deem appropriate. They live a blissful existence for six months until they find out that Emily, his wife, has incurable breast cancer. And this is when the sobbing begins. (laughs) As they try to digest this terrible news, they find a kitten in their garden. Now, at the time, cats are not kept as pets. They are considered kind of like a rodent in the streets, essentially. But they decide they're going to take in this kitten. They name him Peter. And they treat him kind of like their child. You know, like cat owners do. (laughs) Louis ends up making dozens of paintings of Peter for Emily as she gets sicker. And near her end, she insists that he bring them to the newspaper editor, even though cats aren't in vogue. The editor sees something in the drawings and decides to give Louis a holiday spread that is all cats. This is a big deal. It's never been done before. The cat drawings are immediately popular, and people begin keeping cats as pets. They become the new thing. After Emily passes, Louis throws his sorrow into his artwork. His pictures are wildly famous, but Louis has forgotten to copyright the images and makes no money from them, even though they are seen all over the world. Louis goes through a lot of trials and tribulations in his life, This is a true story, and it is not an entirely happy story, so it doesn't have the scripted plot that you might expect in this type of tale. It's honestly just truly heart-wrenching at times, and I cried a lot throughout this one. (laughs) But through the whole thing, his love of cats and his artwork is just truly incredible. He went from drawing regular cats to kind of cartoonish cats doing human activities, which was very popular. Once he begins to draw them in bright colors and in a more abstract style, people start to think that he's lost his mind. Like, he can't just be creative. He's crazy. They show the actual artwork of his at the end, and it is so beautiful. I personally am a big fan of bright colors. Uh, I loved his later drawings. They were really cool. This is such a great movie. I would definitely suggest that you check out The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. It is an emotional roller coaster. It's all about cats. And uh, if you like that, like, late 1800s British thing, it's got that too. So this was like a perfect movie for me. (laughs) So good. So we're going to mix this episode up a little bit, obviously. I've already talked about cats. Um, I'm going to do the quote of the week before we take a break. I just have one quote this week. 
This one is speaking to my soul right now, and it is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. All life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. This just resonated with me. I've always seen life kind of as an experiment. I'm always curious to see what happens if, which doesn't always work out. It's not always a positive result, but honestly, I think I learn more from when things don't work out. I am dropping the expectations of others and living truly as myself, really for the first time, and I'm 40. (laughs) But so far, it has been just incredible. It definitely has not been all easy and fun. Definitely not. (laughs) But the good stuff has been so good, like so good, that it makes the hard, painful stuff worth it. And I think Ralph Waldo Emerson got that. Here's to new experiments. (laughs) Anyway, I am going to take a quick break now, and when I come back, I have a new chapter of Heart of the Storm. I didn't choose the book life. The book life chose me. Hey, book lovers. I've got a new merch design for 2022, and it's all about that book life. You can check it out at the Books and Cats merch store on the website, as well as any previous merch designs. All purchases go to support the growth of the podcast and keep my kitties in treats and catnip. There are some cute new products. I have to say that my favorite one is the pillow, which is available in three different sizes, and I got it in light pink, and it's so cute. Anyway, check it out, booksandcatspod.com slash merch. And now back to the episode. (coughs) Welcome back, book lovers. Now let's escape into the world of Heart of the Storm. I've got a new chapter for you, straight from my brain and unedited. The storm is building and the ending is closing in. So please enjoy chapter 40 of Heart of the Storm. Who's that? Harper asked as they entered the room. Lizalt was carrying the unconscious girl he had just learned was his sister, his twin. Something told him it was true. He was certain when he looked at her, and he could immediately hear her thoughts. He'd been so startled that he'd laughed. He better understood Allie's unwitting mind-reading now. He didn't really know what to think about meeting his sister. She'd bought him a little time by fainting. As he laid her on the small sofa in Harper's room, he noticed a sharp ridge on her back in the place where her wings should have been. Harper? Gemma's voice was filled with disbelief. Though she tried to rein it in, her horror was apparent, and it made Harper even more bitter and angry. Allie sensed it all, and it worried her. Harper was tipping toward their side, but things were tentative. They needed to keep her calm. Gemma went to Harper and dropped down to her knees beside the girl's chair. She threw her arms around Harper's waist, her trunk, and Gemma sobbed. Surprisingly, Harper stroked the girl's hair gently. She closed her eyes, and tears slid silently down her smooth face. Gemma buried her face in the soft, beautiful yellow sweater Allie had given Harper. The fibers glowed and twinkled. The sparkles surrounded Gemma and Harper and danced around them. Though he watched from a distance, some of the sparkles found Lizalt as well, and his unconscious sister. Allie's pulse surged with her accomplishment. She had brought them together. Her role was almost complete. 
There was a heavy sadness in her as well, like a stone in her chest. They were all one. They shared something, though they were essentially strangers. They were no closer to each other than to Allie, but she would never be one of them. She tried not to breathe as she watched the two girls by the window. The light was growing painfully bright, but she kept her eyes on them, unblinking. It burned. The pain was more than she had expected, but she endured. She felt someone take her hand, and the pain lessened. The light spread to the person next to her. Lazalt bore a large part of the light. He glowed, but in a gentle way. It didn't hurt to look at him, and he smiled and squeezed her hand. A scream pierced the heady silence. Martina was engulfed in golden light and hovering a few feet above the sofa. As she cried out, her body contorted into stiff, painful-looking shapes. Her bones made sickening, cracking sounds, and two splits appeared in her back. An even brighter light poured out of the cracks, like molten lava. It formed two delicate and intricate wings, which sprung from where her natural wings had been removed when she was just an infant. When she finally stopped screaming, the silence was oppressive. No one spoke. Gemma still clung to Harper. Neither one acknowledged anyone else in the room. Lazalt was staring with disbelief at his sister. He still clung to Allie's hand. She was absorbing as much of the shock as she could and trying to soften the blow. But she was also shocked at the display before them. She could feel the girl's immense pain. And there was more pain coming from Gemma and Harper. Allie couldn't be sure which of them was hurting. Their energies were heavily enmeshed, but that pain outweighed Martina's tenfold. It was unexpected, and Allie was unsure of what to do. She felt overloaded and frozen. Enough. Harper's voice was quiet, but it cut clearly through the room. It brought everyone's attention to her. It's time. We have to move. She gulped back a shaky breath. I'm ready. Let's go. She wheeled away from the window, and Gemma's limp body fell to the floor. Harper! Allie choked on her name. It suddenly made sense. The pain. Gemma had passed. Harper smiled. She knew it was going to happen. She consented. It was her role. She's known the entire time. She sat up straighter. Her neck was long and slender. The skin was smooth and gray and more like bark. I feel much stronger. I am ready. If Gemma can give her life for me, this is what I must do. I guess there are worse fates. She cast one remorseful glance at Gemma's unmoving form. Then she rolled forward. Come on. No time for feelings right now. It's time to act. Allie dropped Lazalt's hand and moved to open the door for Harper. Um, said an angry voice behind her. Can someone explain what just happened? Allie spun around. They had forgotten about Martina. She hovered just off the floor. She controlled the wings with ease, but her face was a confused mixture of anger and disbelief. Now that she had their attention, she threw her hands wide. How am I flying? Allie didn't mean to laugh, but it came out anyway. It made Lazalt smile, and even Harper cracked a small grin. Only Martina remained flustered, and Allie hurried over to her. 
You've always been meant to fly. You've simply been restored. She hugged the girl, and after a moment, Martina softened. I hope you're feeling confident with those wings, Harper said coolly. You and your brother have some lifting to do. Allie remembered the task at hand and hurried to open the secret door in front of Harper. She wheeled through quickly, and the others had to hurry to keep up with her. She wedged her chair into the narrow stairway that led to the giant well. The wind was even wilder than usual, and they could hear it from the bottom of the stairs. All right, Harper said with a somewhat frustrated sigh. I need your help now. Can you two fly me to the top? Lizalt and Martina lifted the chair. It wobbled for a moment, but they quickly found their balance. They rapidly ascended the stairs and set Harper down carefully before the door. Lizalt zipped back down and scooped up Allie. He flew her to the others, and she produced the key. But she hesitated. Be ready, she said loudly over the raging winds behind the door. Don't fight it. Trust that the wind will put you where you need to be. They all nodded, and she slid the key into the lock. It clicked open, and the door was wrenched from her hand. It slammed into the wall and splintered. Allie was pulled through the doorway first, and Lizalt dove in after her. Martina edged closer to the opening, and Harper held out her hand. Hold my hand, she said gently. We'll go together. Martina grasped her hand, just as the wind took them both through the door and into the swirling darkness. And that is the end of Chapter 40, Book Lovers. I hope you're still enjoying Heart of the Storm. Keep experimenting with the electricity of life and never stop living. Never stop learning. And please remember that there's a new episode of Storytime with M on Sunday, a brand new chapter of Super Gym, The Dystopian Fitness Nightmare. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep reading. Go, 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 go